0: Welcome to Room 4216. I'm so glad you've come.
1: Reading the Bible can be difficult.
0: Not to mention understanding it.
1: Having a disability, whether blindness or another, can be difficult too.
0: Sometimes a person wonders if God is even there.
1: Yeah, but in Room
0: 4216... God shows us His path and we find
1: we we are are not not alone. alone. Hi everybody, it's Pastor Dave and Cecilia Lee. And here we are at the Bible study. What shall
0: we study today, Cecilia? The book of Jonah would be good. Oh, why is that? Well, because it's a book study and a character study all in one.
1: Hmm, interesting. Character. Character study. You know, the oral culture speaks about characters in this way. The oral culture, rather than just giving those absolutes of, of truth, you should be faithful, you should be loyal, you have to be a man or a woman of integrity. They give us a character, a person. And we look at that person and we can go, hey, they're doing this. Or, ooh, I shouldn't live like that That's really what brings out in an oral culture uh, a way that we can understand something far deeper. Character study. Yeah.
0: And I thought we were just going to study a person with a good story.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. Well, before we dig into details about this very story of Jonah, can you
0: give me a quick summary of what took place? Sure. Jonah was a prophet. He was told by God to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was an evil city, and uh, Jonah was told, tell the people to repent, or if not, the city will be destroyed. Mm -hmm. Jonah didn't want to go. He decided to go in a different direction. He went on board a ship. And uh, not long after he got on the ship, a huge storm came up. Everyone on the ship, including Jonah, realized that someone had done something wrong in the eyes of God. Hmm. Jonah admitted that it was him, and he was thrown into the sea. <laughs> uh, bye, he, bye Jonah. Yes, exactly. So he thought. A huge fish swallowed Jonah, and uh, he was in the fish for three days and was... Spit out And again told to go to Nineveh Told by God Right Okay This time he went And he did preach To the people And told them to repent Or the city would be destroyed The people repented And uh, They were saved And their city was saved Thanks What a a, a Good
1: quick summary Of the entire book A lot of twists and turns uh, In this whole story I'm guessing will unfold And uh, Wonder what theme we can take. Usually a book of the Bible, that's why they're broken into separate little books, has a theme. Has a theme. Before we even delve into it, we got the short synopsis.
0: Any thoughts on what a theme might be for this, Cecilia? Well, now, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't tell you everything. I didn't tell you the entire book. There are a few surprises down the road. All right, all right. But as to a theme, Mm -hmm. well... We could try, you can't hide from God. Ooh, ooh,
1: can't hide from God. Jonah certainly tried. Mm, Yes, he has. Tried to run to a different place. Then he was thrown into the sea, tried to hide. And God sent a fish. And he went to another land. Okay, hmm. How about, yeah, okay, that would work. But how about
0: our God is a God of second chances? Uh, Well, uh that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's that God is merciful. And even when we mess up, he forgives. And Jonah sure messed up. He yeah, ran the other way. Yes, yeah, he certainly did. And, and, and the Ninevites? Well, they were definitely messed up because they were doing evil things. And they got a second chance. They did. Hmm. Well, what about we can't, but God can. We can't.
1: But God can. Well, that that would fit. I mean, look at all the things we can't do, um, but God did, such as um, uh, God, God told Jonah where to go, and even though he didn't want to, he went. That's right. Um and when Jonah uh, was on the, on the, the boat, um, God brought a storm. We can't. Uh,
0: I can't create a storm, can you?
1: Casted lots, and God controlled those lots, and it fell to Jonah. Mm-hmm. Threw him into the sea and figured he was dead, but he wasn't. God can. Mm-hmm. Sent a fish. Right. Lived in the fish for three days.
0: I can't do that. I certainly can't.
1: <laughs> and then most of all he went to Nineveh, that bad city which Jonah didn't want to do because he figured, well he figured it doesn't matter what he figured actually, um, the people repented, even the king. But I can't make the pe- king. yeah, I can't make people repent. God no. can. yeah, neat theme. Well, as I just shared all those things, another thought comes to mind might be amazing events, abnormal
0: outcome? That is definitely true. All those things you just listed, especially the repentance of the Ninevites and their king, I mean, those are just absolutely amazing things with outcomes that aren't the norm. Expect. <laughs> but, hmm. No, no, Pastor Dave. You've got it all wrong.
1: What do you mean, I got it all wrong?
0: No, no, you've got it all wrong.
1: Okay, I got it wrong, but what do I got wrong? Uh,
0: that's the theme. You've oh! got it all wrong. You've got it, got it all wrong. Hmm, now just a second. Think of it this way. Jonah's having a great life in Gath Heifer... And everything's going great. And then God tells him to go to Nineveh. Ooh. And he doesn't want to go. Yeah, Jonah got it wrong. Okay, then... Not a good line. He he gets on board the ship. He thinks he's going away from God. Escaping God. I don't like your plan,
1: God. I'm going to do something else. Hmm. That's right. Got it all wrong.
0: Uh, Then he... uh, thinks as or he might think uh, as people would if they were d- dumped into the sea i'm gonna drown now
1: but again he got it all wrong
0: exactly
1: uh, i'm starting to catch on and when he went to Nineveh and said repent it will find out that he really didn't want them to repent but he had got it, it all wrong. wrong and they did which made him at the end of the book sulk, which we'll get to in a little bit. Got it all wrong.
0: Jonah, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me.
1: Here in these first couple verses, we find several things that are noteworthy. First, the word of the Lord came to the prophet. Throughout the Old Testament, we find that God would speak to the prophets a message and that they then would convey this message to the people. Not just God's people, but other people as well. God used prophets because they were trusted
0: and they were trustworthy. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh Jonah wasn't.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the whole point of this book. That's the shocker of the book of Jonah.
0: Ah, he got it all wrong.
1: Indeed, indeed, indeed. Throughout the Old Testament, God used the prophets... But then there came a point in history where God changed how his word came. Reading from Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various places, but in these last days he has spoken to us through His Son. The Word actually became flesh and dwelt among us. That's from John chapter 1, 14. God was, you almost might say, tired of the prophets getting it all wrong, not being trustworthy, <laughs> and so His Word came literally into the flesh. And His Word says... I love you, I forgive you, I will take your sins upon myself upon the cross. That's what uh, the whole Old Testament is leading up to, the New Testament brings. And we find a change not only did the word become flesh, but now today the word comes to us in many ways or forms, you might say. We have the written word, our Bible, whether it be Braille, or print. We have an oral one as it's recorded. That's the Word of God. But there is also then the Word of God as it conveys through uh, friendships and encouragement of people, whether it be a, a, a loving family or whether it be a church family where people can share God's Word sometimes directly by quoting or by helping people uh, understand what God's word actually means
0: or even the internet as it's coming to the to our friends who are listening right now.
1: Indeed, indeed. The word also comes to us no longer by prophets but by pastors. And today a pastor is uh, the the point of a sermon is if it's a good one, or if it's a proper one, it's supposed to be reading and studying God's Word and then unfolding it to explain it more for people. So it's really an explanation and a, you might say a, a, a an expanded Bible study, but uh, focused ah. on a few words. That's what a good sermon should be. Sure. Then also, the um, Lutheran Church and the Roman Catholic Church and a few other churches also understand that the word is found in what we call sacraments. A sacrament, literally that that is a uh, Latin word which means mystery. God's word is connected with something that is tangible, that you can see and smell or taste or touch. And so is baptism with water, Because you can see it, you can feel it, along with the word that you are a child of God in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, or Holy Communion uh, take, eat, take, drink for the forgiveness of your sins. That it is conveying to you with these visual or tangible things I'd like the word tangible that God is conveying His message, His message of love and Forgiveness, found in Jesus.
0: It sounds like the word of the Lord is very powerful. It is. From an earthly point of view, Nineveh was powerful. Tell
1: me about that. I think you studied some on that. Tell I them. did.
0: Nineveh was the lead city of Assyria, not to be confused with modern-day Syria. Mm -hmm. And Assyria was the greatest nation in the world. Why is that? Uh, Because of its cruel and bloodthirsty tactics.
1: Mm.
0: In an age where cruelty was used to subjugate others and make them fear you... Mm -hmm. The Assyrians were the worst of the worst. Mm. Uh, They were especially known for their method of punishing, that is, impalement. They would force their victim to sit on a pole that was sharp, and the pole would work its way up from the person's rump through their heart. Not pleasant. Not at all. Uh, Nineveh was a very large city. Mm -hmm. It was about 48 miles around. Some people say that it was much more. It took a good three days to walk through it.
1: Wow. And do we know about what time uh, this city was
0: this powerhouse? Well, at this particular time, in the time of Jonah, it was about 840 years before the birth of Christ. At this time, uh, Nineveh and Assyria held sway over the entire world. Hmm, Wow. Put this in today's setting or context. Sure. It would be as though Jonah were being asked to go to Afghanistan and as though Osama bin Laden were king. Eeks! That means being
1: sent to... Our greatest adversary foe who wants to
0: throttle and destroy the way we live. Exactly. Wow. You can understand why Jonah was not very happy about his assignment. Now, it also did say that Nineveh was a
1: wicked city. Yes, it did. What about this wickedness? It it could come out... Uh, It's just, don't like that lifestyle, don't like uh, the way they're doing things. But is there more to it than that?
0: There is. Mm -hmm. In Proverbs chapter 6, beginning with verse 16, we read about these things. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, A heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers.
1: Wow! What a list of things that God doesn't like.
0: Yeah. Haughty eyes.
1: Eyes that are full of pride and arrogance of all the good that they have done. Lying tongue. A mouth that's willing to say anything to get their own way.
0: Hands that shed innocent blood.
1: A people that's willing to kill anyone, including women and children, Mm. to maintain their dominance. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Not only would they do bad and evil to people, but they plan, thought, schemed, and devise new ways to accomplish them.
0: Feet that are quick to rush into evil.
1: Certainly they did not stop at their neighborhood, but went throughout the world, throughout countries.
0: A false witness. ...who pours out lies...
1: ...someone who's willing to say anything to get their own
0: way... Mm. ...and a man who stirs up dissension...
1: ...rather than peace and harmony... ...disunity so that they can divide and conquer... ...in this list of seven things that are wicked that God hates... It isn't talking about specifics, but broad strokes that could include any country, any nation throughout civilization.
0: Even today?
1: Even today. Wow. Even ours. In many ways, I can see why God wanted a prophet to go to Nineveh. For if it continued this way, it would destroy the world.
0: It did destroy the city eventually, but that was... And really, isn't that the way it the is?
1: Every country does fall in time, and that's because of humanity and its very sinfulness. Mm. If God hadn't intervened, whether it be at this point or any point, the world would be destroyed. But you know, God did intervene.
0: Yes, he did. Loving eyes
1: that saw our need and desperation as we wallowed in our sin. A truthful tongue that would speak words of compassion and kindness, mercy and forgiveness.
0: Hands
1: that would reach out to those who were ill and disabled, not to push them away, but to bring them close.
0: A compassionate heart.
1: That would plan a way of salvation.
0: Willing feet.
1: That would walk all the way to the cross and receive nails in those feet to take away our sins.
0: A truthful witness.
1: Who would speak on behalf of those who believe on him on judgment day that we are his friend.
0: And a man, a God-man, who brings opportunity for unity between God and man.
1: The man, Jesus Jesus Christ.
0: Chapter 1, verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish he went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard, and so on. Mm -hmm. But uh, Pastor David says he ran away from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, if God is everywhere, how could Jonah possibly have thought that he was fleeing
1: (laughs) from God? Yeah, it was the belief back then, actually, that there were multitudes of gods, either over that particular region or that country. So the 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 God of Israel was the Lord, but then we read in throughout the Old Testament there was a God for the Moab's, the Hittites, and 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 uh, the the God of the Ur and the Chaldees, like for Abraham, and people had their many gods. And so Jonah thought if he was leaving Israel, he was leaving the country, he was leaving the region, he was leaving that the God. God. Except that he
0: says later, Well, my God is the God of heaven and earth.
1: Mm. Even as with the Roman or the um, Greek myth anthologies have multitudes of gods, mm-hmm. it was probably believed at this time, I don't know this for sure, but it, it sure makes sense, that maybe the God of Israel was the lead God who made everything, but the others cheered and clapped or something like that. Mm. And, and even if it wasn't quite like that, uh, we many times think two different things about the same issue, like a God and who is God, depending on where we are in our life and our situation. And right now, Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh.
0: Uh, No, he did not.
1: Because a couple reasons. One, it very well could be he would have thought if uh, if there was this such thing as regional gods, and we know that, that maybe the the Lord of Israel was going to leave Israel and take over Assyria and Nineveh. And that would have scared Jonah because he was leaving Israel and abandoning them. Sure it would. And he didn't want to help uh, take the God away. And he figured if he would just run away from that God, the God couldn't do it. And God would say, gosh darn, I need my my embassy, my prophet to do this.
0: He got it all wrong.
1: (laughs) The other possibility is... That Jonah was just darn scared about going to Nineveh because these were the cruel people who impaled people (laughs) for fun and sport
0: and punishment. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want to be the next entertainment. And Jonah got it all wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously we know now that there is only one God, the the God of uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there is no way we can flee from him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right. I can think many times I was fleeing from him. I remember when I was a teenager, I was trying to flee from him because I was just absorbed in a in a sin I wanted to fulfill and I knew that God would haunt me and make me feel guilty and fortunately he came after me and, and stopped me from doing that sin <sighs> but he many times does it. there's been other times uh, he kind of let me know that he wanted me oh the first time I was called to be pastor for the blind uh, back in 1998 I had wanted nothing to do with that <laughs> and I ran the other way no we still have our ways whether they're sophisticated foolish we still flee from God
0: I'm going to skim just a bit here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then God sent a storm, a huge storm, and the ship was threatening to break up. And all the sailors were terrified. They were doing everything they could. They threw everything they could into the sea, and uh, they were praying to their gods. But Jonah, Jonah was down in the bottom of the ship, asleep.
1: Asleep?
0: Asleep. Asleep? That's what it says.
1: Oh, my gosh. The sluggard?
0: Uh, We don't know. Uh, It could have been that he was depressed.
1: Yeah, that's true. He was trying to run from God and really bummed
0: out. For all we know, maybe he was drunk.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Or it could be that he was just so tired from running from God that he just fell asleep. And starting with verse 6, the captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Uh, The sailors decided that they were going to throw lots. It's like throwing dice. And uh, the lot came uh, and it was Jonah's. And the sailors said, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do, and where are you from? What is your country?
1: Wow, third degree.
0: Oh boy, was it ever. From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them, and they asked him, What have you done? The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that this is my fault, that this great storm has come upon you. So the men didn't want to do this. They did their best to row back to shore, but that didn't work. Hmm. Uh, Verse 15 Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea became calm. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights.
1: the storms of life Jonah certainly understood and recognized this storm as God's intervention and I think even he concluded that God wanted to punish him Mm -hmm. and that's why he said throw me over he was almost fatalistic that he couldn't control the storm Jonah Mm -hmm. and so God was angry and Jonah knew the only way to calm this storm
0: was to give himself over to God. He probably figured that God was so angry with him that what was the natural result but death. Death anyway. In some ways,
1: it reminds me, there was an episode of Gilligan's Isle okay. where where the we got to throw the maiden uh, into the volcano to calm the, the, the volcano god.
0: Uh, I'm sure the maiden didn't like that.
1: No, no. But Jonah here recognized it was necessary. The storms of life. In many ways, the book of Jonah, this is picking up on one of these terms that we wanted to talk about in the idea of of the Bible, interpreting the Bible, typology. Typology is a picture or a shadow of things to come. Jonah is definitely a shadow of someone else who comes.
0: Now, by a shadow, you told me once that a shadow is like being able to hear just a faint sound of music, but not quite recognizing the song. Is that right?
1: That is correct. That is correct. If one could see, they would have seen the the image of the sun casting the shadow on the ground, even though you don't see the person around the corner. For those who are totally blind, it might be the the faint sound of music from a distant building. You can't quite place it, but you know it's there. And so Jonah is a shadow of another story. There was another person who was asleep in the boat, and the disciples came and rushed to him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? This time they weren't blaming him for it. They were just exasperated and confused and frustrated. And it was Jesus who was asleep. And rather than Jesus saying, throw me over or pray to your God and maybe your God, Jesus, will take care of it, Jesus himself stood up and said, be calm, be still. And he demonstrated he is God over the wind and the waves, the storms of life. There are many storms in life, in our lives, I bet. For some, it might be the word from the doctor that you have cancer.
0: For some, it might be that your husband has said, I'm tired, I want out.
1: For many, I know for myself and probably many of our listeners, it's the doctor saying, I'm sorry, we can do nothing. You will be disabled for the rest of your life. Storms of life are those jolting realities. We're not in control And we don't like
0: it. We don't understand it. Or we don't want it. Or we feel like we can't live with it. These
1: are the storms of life. In our Bible study, Jonah had one possible answer. Death. I am at fault. Throw me over. Or there's Jesus, whom Jonah was actually pointing to, with his story, where Jesus says, I took death for you, I give you life. I can calm the storms and bring you peace, maybe not in our lives, but in our hearts.
0: And what about you, my friend? Is there some storm you're going through right now, something you don't like, don't want, feel like you can't live with? Can we pray for you about your storm? We want to. We do. Send us an email.
1: The address is info, I-N-F-O, at not-alone, not-alone, dot net. Info at not-alone, dot net. Uh,
0: We can't leave heat now, though. Why? Because Jonah's in the belly of the whale. That's Why? Oh,
1: come back next week. Oh. Okay.
0: Do come back again to room 4216.
1: Musical Credits Guitar Instrumental, our own Robert Vaughn Thy Strong Word, Concordia University Wind Symphony and Capella Choir Above All, Lydia Haywood Flight of the Bumblebee, Rachmaninoff Victoria's Secret, Due South Original Soundtrack